0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman.
0: And me, WWE creative issues, Robert Corpolis. And we are here with another
1: slam-banger episode of the show that you love, The Half Hour of Power. we got a lot to talk to here today about, uh, we are got Matt Stryker, he deleted his apology. Nick Nimeth and Matt Riddle, they've got debut New Japan matches coming up. WWE SmackDown viewership, speculation about the WWE Raw TV rights. Of course, we're going to kick off here in just a second with the WWE Raw fallout. But good news. For everybody headed to the Rumble, uh, I just had my media credential approved for the WWE Royal Rumble. I will be in Tampa. I will be around. You can buy me drinks. And I'll be talking to all the big WWE stars, getting all kinds of takes. All, probably likely all of them about CM Punk would be my guess.
0: Yes, that, that does seem to be your your foray. Um, it's possible to, to steal a thing here from Cadillac Carson. It said, bold prediction for 2024. We will not talk about Billy and the CW. Maybe that's what you're going to be asking everybody about at the Rumble when you're there in Tampa. Guys, if you've seen it, go up to him. Say hello. Give him a hug. Guy loves yeah. hugs in public. Love, love, public uh,
1: love public hugs, especially running up from behind. Uh, hey, there's a couple people at WWE I'd love to hear about. Billy and the CW from Nick Aldis. He's walking around there. Maybe Camille will be with WWE by that point. Who knows? Um, But anyway, yes, Robert did bring up a comment here onto the screen. You are welcome to jump into the comment section wherever you're at. Jump on in. We'll throw some of your comments up onto the show as we get going here today. And with that, let's not waste any time. Last night was Monday Night Raw. The big buzzy thing coming out of last night's Raw. Well, outside of the title match we'll get next week, which we'll talk about in just a moment. um, CM Punk and Drew McIntyre kicked off the show by uh, throwing down a promo battle. You had some, you know, playfully stiff shots back and forth. But the big moment came uh, when at one point McIntyre called Punk a demon and Punk shot back, I'm not a demon when pushed, I'm Satan himself. Which felt to me very much like he uh, was making a joke about the AEW double storyline. Uh, another little AEW quip i could be wrong but anyway how did you feel about the opening segment um of wwe raw
0: i don't think i was as conspiratorial as you that the satan comment was directly tied to the the aw devil storyline i honestly feel like he's put a lot of this in the past and i think what he's showing here is i hate the term but he's showing how you can do a work shoot in a really smart way you have drew bringing in which he has this last several months the real world situations of drew that he left that he came back that he's not happy that punk is there within storyline this guy was gone for nine years waltz is back in thinks he's going to be number one contender first in line this is you know my shot my opportunity uh buzz off you were a dick to me years ago when you were here as the locker room leader and i'm not going to let you come in and do this now it again gives punk Something to do in the Rumble, so when you get that Punk Drew face-off, it's going to have a lot of weight and heft behind it, and it immediately pivots Drew away from losing last week to, I really want to see what happens when McIntyre and Punk are in the same ring at the same time.
1: Yeah, no, and I I tweeted this last night watching Raw. They're creating a lot of really interesting uh, situations for this year's Rumble. You know, we talked about all the different stables, how they're going to have face-offs. But then, yeah, you throw Punk in there, you throw Rhodes in there, you throw McIntyre in there. All these names that you really believe could be viable contenders uh, into the match. You know, I just thought it was, I thought it was what I liked most about the McIntyre punk thing up top is it just felt fun. And that was really kind of my takeaway for all of raw last night. There's a certain kind, like, even if it's not like the best thing I've ever seen in the world, the fans right now in WWE seem like they just want to show up and have a good time by and large, everybody on the show, like matches, like have some kind of small history to them or they're creating history together. I thought the whole thing just had a, a, a nice tone to it. And it did start here for me because I could tell these guys, not everything was a hundred percent scripted. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but there was a definitely some improvisation going on here. It felt like, where these guys were just, you know, trying to push each other a little bit. And the whole, I just thought it was, I thought it set the tone well for a very uh fun, playful show that we got afterwards.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the rumble. But I think to your point, they were, it was the old school thing. We're going to give you some bullet points. You go out there, you color in the rest of the story. And those are two really skilled guys who were able to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we have seen here um, Cadillac Carson pointing out in regard to me saying Punk was talking about the devil. He said Punk made that statement about the devil way before AEW. He had, he'd been playing into it on social media, putting the horns out on, on the Instagram stories. Just me saying. Um, we, uh, we also have here. I am Mr. Cheeseball. CM Punk was the devil on a few WWE posters, so it also ties into that. So more commentary about the devil. All right, Gender um, Mahal came out last night, confronted Seth Rollins. They didn't just send this guy to the Rock and throw him away. They obviously want to keep doing things together with Gender, and they've set up a title match next week between Gender and Seth. Um, are you surprised that they're giving such new life to Gender out of nowhere? And and what do you make of it?
0: No, I'm not. You know what? You have a former world champion who's in the back. He is physically impressive. He is a guy who can carry himself on the microphone. And he's someone that you can beat six ways from Sunday and he's still going to be around. So I think he has a lot of intrinsic value to them. He's in that role that Baron Corbin for a while sort of found himself in as the big mean heel that goes out there, but ultimately is going to be ineffective. There is a history between Jinder and Seth. They met years and years ago in, in NXT, I think in the finals for the NXT title tournament, if, if memory serves me correctly. So you're you're using someone who has the cachet of being a former world champ. He looks physically imposing, and he's somebody Seth can beat. Uh, quite frankly, the biggest surprise I had from the Drew promo was I thought there was enough juice to get one more Drew-Seth match at Rumble. It doesn't feel like Seth is potentially going to even have a match at the Royal Rumble, so this is at least giving him something to do for the next couple weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed. And I'm, I'm happy to see Jinder back into the mix. You know, I don't – I mean, realistically, Jinder does not have a chance of winning this title next week, do you believe, right? No,
0: no. I think they're saving it for a real contender like Veer.
1: Okay, yeah, because I saw a lot of people online saying, hey – Gender Mahal, right? He was not sup—he surprised fluke when a lot of people thought over Randy Orton, right? Could they be setting up something here to just to swerve fans a little bit? You know, you got Damian Priest running around with that money in the bank briefcase right now. That could be some kind of interference. Just wanted to wonder. Yeah. You know, about Gender Mahal. Um, before we get to the main event, I did want to talk about uh, another part of the show that was maybe my favorite thing I'd seen on Raw in a while. And that was the Our truth Judgment Day vignette, where he uh, superposed himself into several photos, a classic judgment day poster from back in the WWE attitude era. I just laughed out loud at this whole thing, him uh talking about Nick uh Mysterio calling Dominic by the Rock. I just thought it was all it was hilarious. it was one of those things I actually was genuinely laughing out loud at watching last night.
0: Yes, learning about Tom and Nick Mysterio, uh the the Two Sons of Ray was fantastic. The overall presentation that they did there was great. It was it was polished, the graphics looked good, the the timing, the beats of it, my my co-hosts on Russell Rose who are professional comedians all really enjoyed it as well and they're far harsher of anything you see on Raw. Um this is just working on all levels and it's setting up whenever new day, never new day. Sorry, whenever judgment day finally destroys our truth the heat on that is going to be incredible. It feels like what they were building with Swerve and Prince Nana, that once Swerve finally Mm -hmm. destroys Nana, boy, people are going to be mad. Damien Priest kind of teasing the, you know, he's kind of lovable, I kind of like him, but when the push comes to shove and the time is ready, they're going to put a bullet in his head. And when that happens, I think Damien Priest is going to get a major lift as a killer heel.
1: Yeah, he has done a great job uh, standing out in the pack of the Judgment Day. He feels like a main event centerpiece now. Uh, and he didn't necessarily feel that way six months ago. I did want to take a step back here real fast and, and point out this comment from Ken Han- Hanley asking you, Robert, if Drew interferes in the gender match and with Heath as a free agent, any chance you think we see heel 3MB reunion in some way, shape or form? Is there is there something to gender heel Right. Drew heel, Heath out there. What do you think?
0: No, I think they want Drew on his own as this meteoric monster heel. I think reminding people more of 3MB, putting him with Jinder, putting him with Heath is only going to kind of, you know, weigh him down unnecessarily. And as much as I'd like to see Heath back in, I think he's a great utility player. I don't think it necessarily helps McIntyre. I think if anything else, it's going to probably wind up hurting him.
1: Yeah. All right. By the way, professor, I see the professor here in the comment section really down on raw last night. We see that. We see your comments, professor, right? I just wanted to point that out.
0: I'm surprised it, it, it was, I thought a very solid three hour episode of raw, especially considering they were going up against the, uh, the national championship game. So they tried to give you a little bit of everything you, you got punk, you got a Nakamura-Cody match. You had that little R-Truth segment. The Kofi Kingston-Ludwig Kaiser segment, I thought, over-delivered oh. to the point where this was a cold match in a lot of ways that the crowd was then chanting, this is awesome for. And Dude. distinguishing Ludwig Kaiser as a killer, again, another little rumble interaction that we're going to have since Kofi always has a big rumble moment. I think Kaiser is going to play huge into that.
1: It gives me like American psycho vibes. That's what I liked most about the Ludwig Kaiser attack.
0: Absolutely. I think the only not detraction from the show, but curious move on my part or my part on their part was seeing the Nia Jax, Rhea Ripley interaction just because they're holding that leash as tight as they can to keep Rhea Ripley a heel. That crowd wants to cheer her. They want to love her. They want to, they want to embrace her but the real money at WrestleMania is her against Becky Lynch. And by putting her in there with Naya and letting them cheer her and her embracing it is going to make that that much tougher as we get to, to April.
1: Well, one other thing I liked about the flow of last night's show, they gave the main event between Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura really about 45 minutes because the vignettes for this match, re, you know, the packages, rehyping the match, all of that started about 10 minutes before the last half hour. Then you had the entrances from Rhodes and Nakamura, and then finally the street fight. And this was two big stars that delivered in a match that felt like a pay-per-view quality main event. In my opinion, not like WrestleMania, but definitely like a B pay-per-view kind of main event between two big stars. I thought it felt big. I'll be interested to see if it pays off in viewership. Um, but a, a nice into it, Cody picked up the victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, for as strong as Shinsuke has looked over the last couple months, really some of the best he's been booked in a while. Does he? Does it doesn't feel like he's back to square one now after the loss. What do you do with a guy after uh, a loss like this?
0: You still got Rumble. Anybody can be rehabilitated going into the Royal Rumble. Anybody can have a strong showing. I think the advantage of the main event was the story during the show was when. Nakamura attacked Cody. That was what turned this into a no disqualification match. And that was the only way Cody was able to win by using weapons, by using a table. So in in a lot of ways, Nakamura was hoisted by his own petard and beat in a no DQ match versus taking a clean pinfall in a straight up match, which I think would have hurt him a lot more,
1: man. You make it sound so Shakespearean victim of his own petard. Last thing I'll point out from raw, Giovanni Vinci is going to be out a number of weeks uh, following that scary uh, dropkick. He took right under the chin last week on raw. This came from Michael Cole, obviously sending our best to Giovanni Vinci, but you know, this tied into what you were saying about Ludwig Kaiser and Kofi Kingston earlier, man, they took uh, what was uh, an unfortunate accident here. And they've turned it into something that's really put Ludwig Kaiser in a better spot. Just a really nice pivot here into the next thing and protect this guy. while he's out. We got good. And we got Gunther. Coming back next week, too, to to help whatever with what they're doing with Ludwig.
0: Yes. Uh, sending our best to Ludwig Kaiser. Also sending our best to Scumbag Trav on Twitter, who pointed out that he's stuck in traffic while listening to our show right now. Ah. So avoid that road rage. Focus. Remain calm. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff still coming up for you in the rest of the show.
1: Thank you, Scumbag Trav. All right. Hey, we just finished talking all about the highlights of Raw last night. Let's talk about where Raw is going to wind up. At the end of 2024. Now, the Sports Business Journal, they had this article going out yesterday looking at possible scenarios for where Raw could end up uh, in in regard to the rights to it. I'd say TV rights, but it may not be that straightforward. So one scenario would see ESPN renewing its deal with the UFC, but also cutting a deal with TKO Group Holdings. That would see Raw move to another Disney-owned network, possibly FX. It was noted that this agreement would likely only happen if TKO cannot get the Money it's looking for and a suitor for Raw that is willing to put up, you know, that. So if that does not happen, the main belief, according to Sports Business Journal, is that Amazon is going to get the rights to WWE Raw. They're going to keep it on Monday nights. In doing so, they'd be able to attract an audience of young males, which is a demo they believe they want they want to and can grow in, as far as Amazon Prime subscriptions go. And it would also give them another night of live programming. So basically the idea would be if you want to watch Raw. You got to sign up for uh, Amazon prime, and then you can watch all the raw you want and order toilet paper and car tires at the same time.
0: So first is the, the Disney piece, the, the TKO, obviously UFC is on ESPN plus the idea that you're going to be able to bring WWE programming over to FX, which is now under the Disney umbrella. Hulu, I believe still airs the replays of raw the next day, if I'm not mistaken. That's an interesting proposition. I think that makes a lot of sense. The Amazon piece, on the one hand, while it is interesting, that synergy, the idea that you can be watching Raw on Amazon, the link comes up to buy the shirt of the guy that's on TV, you click it, you move, you go. But I've talked about this before. When you make it more difficult for somebody to find your product, you're making your audience more niche, more pigeonholed. And not everybody has Amazon Prime. Not everybody has streaming TV. Just about everybody has cable in some form or fashion. I don't know that WWE wants to limit the opportunity for their audience to go find them. I'd also be curious how Amazon would feel about having Monday content going up against Monday Night Football when Amazon has a relationship with the NFL. And they obviously want even more games going forward. A lot of moving pieces from my perspective I'm an old man. I want WWE to stay on USA. I'm just used to it. It's where it is. I hated when we moved to TNN and Spike. Stay on USA. And if nothing else, make me feel even better. Air Silk Stalking's after. Really, let's let's bundle up the nostalgia.
1: <laughs> well, thank God we're not seeing Raw going to spike. I don't think that would be a very good relationship for them at the moment. Um, I I personally I'm kind of warm to the idea of the Amazon thing. And look, I there's a lot of negative things to be said about Amazon and they've the way they've just screwed up the economy for the United States in a lot of ways. But for all the reasons you mentioned about how they could do these direct sales for action figures, t shirts, title belts, you know, especially when you're showing those like sports title commercials where it's like, oh, the Atlanta Falcons Championship and you're in Atlanta, it pops up right there, right? Um, It would monetize, it would create monetization options for WWE content that you just would not get on other platforms. And when I think about the Amazon deal too, I think about the WWE network and how Vince McMahon. You know, really wanted to be kind of a visionary in that moment and say, this is the direction content is heading, right? This is how things are going to be going. You all think that I'm nuts for leaving pay-per-view, but I'm telling you this, this model here where people pay a smaller amount of money and you give them more content. This is the way, right? Um, part Just kind of looking at Triple H's behavior, you know, the burying the hatchet with CM Punk, you know, being, you know, open to following his own instincts it's I just, I feel like Hunter, maybe Nick Khan too, would want to also present themselves as somebody a little ahead of the curve to kind of continue that kind of idea that WWE is always very innovative and follows trends. And if this is where things are going before somebody else or something kind of fills the space, we're going to, we're going to get in there. We're going to have content. We're going to have content on Amazon. If that makes sense.
0: I'm not opposed to content on Amazon. I think removing raw from, uh, USA removing raw from cable is a challenge because one of the reasons why they are constantly part of the narrative part of the discussion is it is still a ratings juggernaut in a time where very few things draw major cable ratings and if they go away to amazon we don't fully understand and appreciate the metrics that amazon uses in terms of viewership i think that may take wwe out of the broader conversation there's there's a comment here from ken hanley Isn't Amazon Prime as global as Netflix at this point? I don't know anyone who doesn't have it, even if it's just buying packages. I think part of it is you have to look at the overall WWE economic audience and no, not everyone has high speed internet. Not everybody has streaming capabilities on their TVs and a decent portion of the WWE audience. Remember this, even when I was there is in potentially a lower income tax bracket that you don't want to disqualify those people. You want them to be able to tune in and watch your products and hopefully go see your live shows.
1: Yeah. And look at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whoever just wants to pay WWE the most money for this thing. Right. And if Jeff Bezos wants to show up with a big check, it's bigger than Disney or WBD or whoever, that's probably where they're going to go. Um, that's that's you know, I, as much as it's fine, it's to talk about the nuance of you know one platform over the other. Sure, but they they really- owe a fiduciary yeah. duty.
0: They'll look at the different things and they'll they'll go from there.
1: All right. Um, well, as far as the uh, any other final thoughts on that, I don't personally want to see raw on FX. I just don't know that it, if it feels like a move to Spike to me, right? Like
0: if I think FX is a is a more established network than Spike, so it's it doesn't that doesn't often, really still, offend me.
1: Okay, I don't know. It just has, it just not it just does not feel right to me putting it on FX. As long as it's not my network. Um Smackdown, this is just an anecdote, right? Um they they saw obviously huge increase in viewership from their best of episode last week. 82% <laughs> in the key 18 to 49 demo. Or no, that was in yeah, 18 to 49 22% uh no, it was, it was 82% in overall, 139% mm-hmm. in 18 to 49 viewership. They were up uh, but more importantly, it was the highest average overall viewership in P18 uh, to 49 viewership they'd seen since September 15th. For what it's worth, uh, Rampage also saw a boost on Friday night. Um, the bottom line, it would seem that the holidays are over, Robert, and people are back to consuming television once again. And we're, uh, we're going to see some numbers hopefully climbing here for both the companies here um, in the coming months.
0: So my takeaway is: Last Friday's show did the highest SmackDown ratings, twenty twenty-four.
1: Huge news! Huge. Big news by an incredible margin. New Japan Pro Wrestling. We don't have an AEW block today. Technically, that Rampage note was like the only AEW news. Isn't that crazy? No AEW news of note for my run sheet here in a twenty-four hour period. Well,
0: they will be. I mean, the the one thing I saw, they will be at Daly's place this week. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do. There's a lot of buzz that people seem to think that. We're gonna get a big debut that Mercedes Monet is gonna show up there. Curious what's gonna happen. I know they're doing some some Brody Lee tribute stuff as well, which I think is really nice. Uh, curious to see what what they do. I think if they make Daily's place feel like a destination location and the way WWE would make Madison Square Garden shows feel, the audience is gonna be really, you know, they're gonna be plugged in. They're gonna to want to see what are they gonna what are they gonna pull out on this show. A lot of eyeballs, I think, are going to be on this Wednesday show. It's also got Sting in action. We don't get that many more bites of that, Apple. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I will also be very interested to see
1: what AEW does here in the coming days. Um, All right. New Japan Pro Wrestling, though. They made it official. Nick Nimeth, Matt Riddle, they're going to have their in-ring debuts um, at the new beginning on February 21st or 23rd. Nimeth is going to face David Finley for the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. Riddle's going to take on Tanahashi for the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship. Um, before we get to this other riddle note that I have here on the run sheet, uh, any thoughts on these two guys formally entering the the New Japan fray on the same show, no less?
0: No, capitalize. You know, strike while the iron is hot. I'm excited to see what Nemeth does in a New Japan environment. I think that's going to be that's going to be the big story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm very, I mean, Nimith Finley for me is going to be a big one. And the way that uh, Nimith put over the uh, global championship, the global heavyweight championship, a brand new title uh, after Wrestle Kingdom, man, um, feels like a guy who would would be good for holding that title and would carry it well. But Finley is only going to be having held this title for about a month. It would seem a little early to take it off him. Um, I like that there's, at least on my part, some wondering who's going to walk out of this thing with the title.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Like, I think if nothing else, it feels like a an actor who was stuck on a sitcom that they didn't want to be on and now get a chance to star in a major movie and flex their muscle. We have not seen the best of Nick Nemeth in quite some time. I think this platform, this spotlight, this opportunity, he's really going to shine. As far as Riddle goes... I'm hoping that it goes well. I'm hoping commentary behaves themselves. (laughs) And it is just a, uh, you know, Tanahashi, you're putting him in there with the president. Like that guy is shining the spotlight on what him and Riddle can do. Both men have something to prove. I think it'll be really interesting.
1: You brought up the MLW commentary thing. I'd be remiss if so. Yesterday we talked at length about the the Matt Stryker situation. If you want to hear all about it, you go to listen to yesterday's show. I had not written an article about that story yet for the site. And then I, after the show, I was like, well, you talked about it. You should write something up about it. So I went to write up the Matt Stryker piece. And lo and behold, when I clicked on the link that I had earlier when I put together the run sheet for his apology, that... Had been deleted. And I believe I was the first member of the press to realize in that moment, because I did the article late, that Matt Striker had deleted his tweet. And I just, I don't even know what to make of that. I, I, I'll be very interested for when somebody asks Matt about that. I don't know if this ties into what that one female fan said or whatever, but I was very surprised to see Matt delete the apology. He kept everything else up. The stuff defending himself is shocking, man. I'm baffled by that one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird one. To go, to go take the time to post what felt like a very sincere, heartfelt apology. <laughs> yes. And then, think, hey, this is what's going to be sh- sh- shown, shined. Why, am yes. I, why is that? Weird? Put a spotlight on something in a positive way as I suddenly forgot how English works. Um, and then go ahead and delete it because now the story then becomes, well, why did you delete the apology? Are you not sorry about what happened? Did someone tell you to delete it? It's crazy. And this is like, this is the kind of nonsense that takes away from all the good stuff that we want to be able to focus on. So I don't know.
1: Yes. And to that end, what you said about it being like a somewhat sincere apology in terms of pro wrestling apologies, and I've gotten really good at like analyzing pro wrestling apologies over the years because unfortunately I've had to talk about a lot of them. I actually thought this one took some ownership of the issue and was like again came from a good place so in time we'll find out why matt deleted that but i was very surprised by it all right from one matt to the other we will wrap talking about matt riddle here today oh buddy i loved this story so matt riddle's doing some autograph signing session right one of these virtual signings now that people do that take like three hours and the guy's like hey remember that hallway incident you know where you went up to Goldberg and you were like, Hey, are you cool, bro. And Goldberg was like, I'm not your bro, bro. So the story goes, he was like, what's the deal with you at Goldberg? He's a free agent. You're a free agent. Could we see you wrestle 2024? Long story short, Riddle says, sure. There's a lot of places we could do it. I think it'd be great. It'd be great for me. He thinks he could get a match out of Goldberg that we haven't seen in many years. And he thinks it would be the ideal place to be an AEW. Now I had not put two and two together until this morning, that these men had history and were free agents and that somebody could actually book Goldberger versus riddle. What do you think the odds are? We see that
0: match this year. I think pretty high. I think, I think so are, too. We, you know, mm-hmm. Goldberg said he wants a retirement match. He wants his flowers. He wants to go around and get high fives. This is one of the last intriguing matches that there are. There's some real life backstory to it. I think riddle, and his style and Goldberg and his style, it could work. It could mask a lot of Goldberg's limitations. And, you know, why the hell not? There's got to be a promoter somewhere. doesn't? I mean, Goldberg's done stuff for New Japan before. Maybe that's, that's their foray into it. I don't know if AEW is going to want to put this on all in, but it's certainly a marquee attraction match. Uh, we speculated before maybe TNA wants to pony up the money. Give them the platform, be the, if some company wants to say, we want to be the company to start booking the dream matches that you want to see, this is an opportunity to, to give the audience theoretically what they want.
1: Well, maybe this is your ring of honor attraction bout, right? Maybe this is something Tony can use to sell ring of ROH honor club subscriptions.
0: I don't think Tony remembers. He owns ring of honor.
1: <laughs> he's, he's forgotten about it.
0: Interesting. Yes. It's yeah. the toy under the tail under the bed in the back that he completely forgot about. You already have a Nintendo DS at home.
1: There's two reasons I think this match will happen as well outside of Riddle uh, outside of Goldberg in the retirement match. I think it's good for riddle to have, do something high profile right now. I'd keep Matt Stryker away from commentary. This is probably a, a situation. I saw Matt, uh, somebody asked him if uh, the original four twenty bro would go to Japan. And he was like, "No, that guy stays in the states. I'm not getting arrested in Japan. Um, I don't know if any people are familiar how strict their laws over there about cannabis. Very, very strict. Ask Matt. Uh, ask Matt Seidel. Um, but uh, yeah, I I thought that was very responsible of his part. He seems to be trying to keep his his powder dry at the moment. High profile thing would be good. And um, Goldberg, he likes the jujitsu. I think he's a BJJ guy. I could see him wanting to do a more matte based." UFC styled fight with riddle that would be different than the kind of squash matches plotting WWE style that uh, people usually rag on him about just to give him a chance to kind of maybe show off some of his
0: actual, you know, wrestling prowess. That's why I said, I think their styles would complement each other nicely given the type of match riddle typically wrestles. You don't have to make Goldberg have to do power move stuff where we've seen that falter a little bit in Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah. All right, everybody. That brings us to time here today. Uh, Thank you so much um, for joining us here on Rumored Innuendo. We'll be back tomorrow. We have two big guests from Big Little Brawlers, the show that debuts tonight, 10 ninth central on Discovery. We'll be joined by Pinky and Psycho. Uh, They are a married uh micro couple they are parenting and they are a big part of the debut episode so again 10 nine central tonight on discovery check out big little brawlers we have an interview this past Friday with Ivar the micro also from big little brawlers we are just we're in the pocket of big little brawlers buddy we're shills we're propagandists for the for this show now
0: dude it's a fun show to talk about so I'm looking forward to uh to having them I think Pinky and Psycho were two of the more captivating people on there on on top of Ivar so I think tomorrow is going to be a great show I think this was a great show it's good it's to sit show. and just like talk raw I, I, that's that's my favorite thing to do
1: yeah yeah I know I know give me some meat well we'll see what we got on the plate tomorrow everybody uh I am at Nick underscore Hausman over on Twitter um you can find me over at house of and one more time I'll be in Tampa for WWE Royal Rumble you see me give me a hug buy me a beer
0: Yes. On behalf of the meaty Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Carpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.